Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. Hey, what is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Tebbs. What is the reasoning behind our decisions? What makes us choose the things that we choose to do? What makes us act upon our decisions? Like, is everything instinct? Are we on a pre- determined path with no real agency um are we just in a simulation and this is what our you know high school programming kid decided for us to do you know what is it that really drives the decisions that we make now as always i gotta state my personal biases and kind of where i'm coming from in every conversation i have so obviously as a member of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints holding on to the beliefs that come with being a member of the church I do believe that we all have our free agency to choose and act according to however we choose and act upon, right? So if I want to make the decision to go on a trip, I can make that decision. If I want to make the decision to follow a set of guidelines and principles, I can make that decision. If I want to make the decision not to follow a set of guidelines and principles, I don't have to make that decision. And ultimately what agency uh, comes out to is if I decide that I want to live with God again, I can make that decision. And if I decide I don't want to, I don't have to make that decision. So really my, my outcome is based off of the choices that I make. So that is my belief and I'm free to make those, make those decisions. Now, some people bring up the argument, oh, well, if God knows what you're going to do and what you're going to choose, uh, and already knows your determined outcome. Do you really have that agency? That brings up a, a whole different conversation, um, you know, where people can get into the weeds of logical fallacies, this, that, and the other. I'm not really here to argue or talk about that specific point. The reason I wanted to talk about this today is really not so much the grand scheme, why do we make the choices that we do, but the personal level, like, okay, what are, what are my beliefs and what are my values and how does that guide me to my decisions that I make? So what, what really brought this idea to, to my head was I was listening to the Ear Biscuits podcast, uh, hosted by Rhett and Link. They've been on YouTube for as long as really anybody has been on YouTube. They are a, they are a staple in YouTube lore and history. And they have the podcast Ear Biscuits, and all of September, they are talking about um, their experience with maturation and sexuality and sexual enlightenment and maturity, all of that different stuff. And a lot of what they discuss is that they grew up evangelical Christian. And a lot of the Christian belief is that sex before marriage is a sin, um, you know, like you shouldn't act on these urges that you have and so a lot of the decision that they made when it came to sex was based in this belief that hey if I do this before marriage it's a sin and the first time that they had sex was their wedding night with their wives um, which happens to be the same for me like the first time I had sex was my wedding night with my wife and I made that same decision because of this religious belief that I had that, hey, this is something that really should be saved for marriage. 
um, and that's the angle I came. Now, I'm not here to discuss that same topic this whole time of, okay, sexuality and sex and why do I make that specific decision, but I want to I want to talk about decisions at large, you know, just from the shirt that you wear that day or, you know, the life choices that you make in terms of your values, those sorts of things. That's what I want to talk about. So let's, let's talk about religion. And a lot of the choices that I make are because of this religious belief that I have or are rooted in and have kind of a foundation of, yes, I have this religious belief, but ultimately like I'm, I'm making these decisions myself. A conversation that I had my first semester of college, one of the men that lived on the same dorm floor that I lived, he was from New York. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast where he said, hey, it really just sounds like you just blindly follow this, you know, prophet of yours, these religious leaders, like you blindly follow them. And I was like, that's frankly not true. Some people, maybe. Some people might just blindly blindly follow. That's that's their choice to make. But every everything that is said um, by these religious leaders, I really try and take a a critical eye to what they're saying um, and say, okay, how does this you know apply to my life? How can I best be that example? I mean, one, do I even believe in and agree with whatever it might be? So my choice really starts at okay am i even going to take any stock in what this religious doctrine says and what these leaders of this religion say and after some exploration and some self-questioning and self-reflection i decided yes i will now you can argue when i was younger like oh you know you're probably just following your parents and you're born into the religion and it was just kind of like the thing you did like sure but as i grew older you know i've definitely had opportunities to choose to not follow it. So I made that choice to follow. Okay. And then I say, okay, here's a thing. Let's take the word of wisdom. And I'm going to be very um, surface level with like the word of wisdom. It's widely agreed upon that things like tea and coffee, um, alcohol, drugs that aren't medically prescribed are things that I should not be partaking in. So my basis is okay, my, I want to, I want to be part of this religion. Part of their beliefs is to not partake in these substances. So I, I, I decide that I won't. Now stacked upon that is the idea of, I know that drugs and alcohol can be very negative. And some people might say like, oh, well, a glass of wine a day is actually healthy. Like, sure. But is it any healthier than just not having that glass of wine in the first place? Like, that's, I don't know. I feel like that's just like picking at the grass when the whole lawn needs to be mowed, right? So in a deeper layer, I say, okay, if I examine this from a scientific perspective and the pros and cons of what alcohol or drugs or tea and coffee could bring to my life versus what they could detract from my life, I've told myself like, hey, I really don't have anything against tea or coffee, like, I, I really don't. Other than this belief that, hey, one of the commandments is the word of wisdom, and part of it mentions tea and coffee. Even if it's totally okay for you, even if there's no 
ill side effects to tea and coffee. I just was commanded not to have those sorts of things. And that's just a faith-based decision. So I'm like, yeah, you know, if if the leaders of my church came out tomorrow and said, hey, tea and coffee, A-okay, they're on the table, go for it. I'd probably have it. I might be a regular consumer of tea and or coffee. But alcohol and drugs, it's like that stuff can completely mess you up. And even if I decided, hey, I'm not part of this religion anymore, I don't think I would choose to partake in alcohol or drugs. Because on a scientific, medically good for my body level, I just don't think that that decision to partake in drugs or alcohol, non-prescribed drugs, or alcohol of any amount, I just don't think it's worth it. And so I, I don't have any desire to partake in those things. And I've had opportunity after opportunity to try alcohol. I've got friends that regularly drink alcohol. My recent trip to Cancun, we stayed at a resort that was like open bar, right? So I could have had as much alcohol as I possibly wanted until I was just blackout drunk every single day. I just don't have that desire. So, okay, that that's a decision that, that's twofold. One, on a religious level. Two, just on a medically beneficial for my body level. And that's, I feel like, a decision I I'm making like I make that decision. That is me processing my environment around me coming to a conclusion that I feel like is best for my life. And ultimately, I think people that's how we make decisions. We process it, decide what is best for our life. And you know, we're going to avoid things like, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds of like addiction or mental illness. Those sorts of things. I'm just trying to be very surface level with what I'm discussing. So yeah, my religious beliefs might change and I might change my level of interaction with certain things. Again, tea and coffee, sure. But alcohol, I don't think I would. But let's talk about let's talk about something like zodiac signs, which I find interesting. Um, you know, I have I have family members that are really into zodiac. Um, my wife uh finds zodiac zodiac very interesting now to what level of stock she has in its effect on our lives you know i don't think she's full-blown like yeah zodiac is the answer it is the explanation of uh life and those around us and ourselves but she's like hey it's interesting to know and it's interesting to see how these things might play into our lives so let's take my zodiac sign sagittarius i'm gonna google the general description of a sagittarius so I just pulled up the first Google link. Um, it's astrology dash, well, astrologyzodiacsigns.com, essentially. I'm going to go straight up say I don't know the validity of this website. I don't know in the greater astrology community if this is a reputable source for the greater astrology community. I'm just pulling up the first thing. So because I was born uh, between the days of i believe november 22nd to december 21st i am a sagittarius my element is fire i full i don't fully understand what exactly that means but it has meaning my ruler is jupiter my color is blue uh greatest overall compatibility is with gemini and aries oh yeah november 22nd to december 21st okay so this is what it says that my strengths are because i am a sagittarius generous idealistic great sense of humor i don't know if i'm super generous maybe i am 
Um, I'm generous in some ways, definitely not generous in other ways, but sure. I, I could say I'm a generous person. Idealistic. Sure. Somebody might describe me as idealistic, a uh, great sense of humor, like a hundred percent that that's a hundred percent me, but these are also super vague and it could mean completely different things to completely different people. My weaknesses promises more than I can deliver. I don't know. I'm pretty, pretty upfront with, you know, what I'm going to deliver versus what I'm not going to deliver. Very impatient. I think if you ask my wife, I'm like one of the more patient people that she's probably interacted with. Uh, we'll say anything no matter how undiplomatic. Sure, maybe. But again, vague enough where it could probably hit a wide enough swath of people. Sagittarius is like freedom. Sure, love freedom. Travel. I mean, who doesn't? Philosophy. I do love philosophy. Being outdoors, uh, that depends on my mood, I guess. I dislike clingy people. Okay, being constrained, sure, definitely. But I feel like everybody has a negative attitude towards being constrained. Uh, Off-the-wall theories. I love off-the-wall theories. Love them. Uh, Details. Yeah, I kind of hate details. Cautious and energetic, Sagittarius are travelers of the Zodiac. Their open mind and philosophical view motivate them to wander around the world in search of the meaning of life. Sagittarius is an extrovert. I am always optimistic, full of enthusiasm, and ready for changes. Sure, yeah, 100%. Uh, this is a sun sign. That means something specific of individuals who are often preoccupied with mental work. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking a lot. Um, but I can't visually see my thoughts. I have aphantasia. Um, but when they find grounding, they show their ability to transform visions and thoughts into concrete actions and circumstances. So... Like, sure, I would say that's generally me. I would say that's generally me. I think it's also vague enough where it could be plenty of people. And plenty of people can resonate with enough to make it feel like it is part of them. Now, back to the idea of the choices that we make. So, this is saying, because I'm born in a specific calendar date of the year... I have a tendency towards these attributes. And obviously, these attributes and ideals and strengths and weaknesses and likes and dislikes are going to guide my actions. So one saying, oh, I'm an extrovert. So if I have a, if I have the choice to go out to a party, I'll more than likely make that choice. So was I guided by this astrological phenomena based on happenstance of when I was born to make that decision to go to the party or you know did i just say oh hey yeah party process this data yep i think i think that my life will be net positive if i do go to this party i'm not saying i'm not saying the zodiac has nothing to do with it but when it comes down to that specific decision like how much is it going to play into it right so am, am i predestined towards certain things and this isn't the perfect example i think the better example is like yeah god knows your choices so are you predestined to make those choices or not um but you know other things like zodiac you know you're you're kind of pre-described as being born in these months to have these certain personality traits now what what came first the chicken or the egg was enough people born in june showing enough these traits um categorized in this zodiac sign or was it because there's a zodiac sign and it has this astro- astrological phenomena that causes people to 
be of this certain personality. I don't know. You know, I'm somebody that believes that there is a God, believes that I am a child of that God, that one day I will return to live with that God and one day hopefully be a God of myself, be a God myself. Many would say that my beliefs are just completely bizarre, not based in any sort of fact. Like, how could you possibly believe that? That's just so off the wall. No way. And I get the criticism. Like, it is based, my beliefs are based on a faith that these things are true. I don't have any solid evidence that I could scientifically bring forward and say, hey, here, this is the truth. I have my own experiences my own feelings, my own self-exploration that leads me to believe like, yes, this is this is a truth. And sure, one might say, okay, Jason, that's your truth, but it's not everybody's truth. And I'm okay to land on that. So for other people, it's, it's something like the Zodiac. They have found that through that study and then through that self-evaluation, that things like the Zodiac can bring them clarity, can bring them understanding of the world, and can help them make better decisions for themselves. And that's that's a-okay if that's what you believe. I don't holistically believe it, but I think it's also very interesting to study. Um, and my wife finds it very interesting to study too. And it's funny to see things like on TikTok where they make jokes about the different zodiacs and we can be like, oh yeah, that's totally you. Like they were making this joke about Sagittarius, Jason, that's totally you. Or saying something and be like, yep, I'm a Sagittarius. You know, that explains X, Y, Z. Again, I don't know to what degree it's true or not. And I'm not saying it's one or the other. I'm just finding, I find it interesting to, to consider the thought that maybe yes, because I was born in December, I am generally this way along with, or I guess between November 22nd and December 21st. I'm generally this way, and these other people, born in these same times, share similar qualities. Now, my my major in college landed under family consumer human development. My emphasis was family finance. So I just generally tell people, yeah, I got a family finance degree, because if you say family consumer human development, most people like will be like, well, what's that? And then I have to explain, oh, well, uh, it's talking about like the family, uh, consumer affairs. Like you are a consumer of products. You are a consumer of economics, like your budget, uh, and human development. Yeah. When a baby is born, how do they develop? So I had to take, I had to take classes with a little emphasis in marriage and family counseling that's the family part of it. I had to take human development classes and I had to, my emphasis, take the consumer side of things. Like how do you, when you're a first time home buyer, personal finance, personal finance too, um, that sort of stuff. But to get to where I'm going, a lot of, or one of the big questions that is researched and gets asked and gets discussed in the human development sphere is nature versus nurture. Are we the way we are because nature took its course and that's just how our body developed after years of genetic evolution and possible uh, genetic, uh, what are they called? I mean, genetic anomalies is one word, but mutations, genetic mutations that have happened over the years. Like, am I the way I am just because my body holistically 
came through and was like, here is your blueprint. Here are how your chemicals are going to react. Or am I how I am because of the nurture and setting around me? My parents treated me this way. My socioeconomic status was this. I had this type of nutrition in my diet. Um, I had these friends around me. I lived next to a coal power plant, so I was huffing CO2 emissions all the time. There was lead paint on the walls, and I licked the walls, right? Am I the way because of the nurture that I was given? Did my uh, mother drink alcohol and smoke while I was in utero? Um, Was I abused? Was I spoiled? Right? And often, kind of the cop-out answer, but what it seems to be is it's both, right? Or at least that's what me and the other students always seem to land on, like, well, it just seems like it's a little bit of both, right? But there's all there's always the the study of to what degree is it each and what weighs more than the other and in certain circumstances will one weigh more than the other. So do I make the decisions that I make because I was raised a certain way or do I make the decisions I make because my body developed a certain way, right? So when I choose that if I were to be given the opportunity to do any sort of sport, I would love to go golfing. Is that because my dad took me golfing a lot when I was a child and it is a sport I enjoy and I have very fond memories of it and it's one that I I took the time to develop, not a great skill at, but a skill at? Or is it because, oh man, The chemicals in my brain give me hits of dopamine when I do the activities associated with being on the golf course. My brain sends me and is wired to give me happy juices when I hit a good shot, when I am outside in nature. And so because I've had the experience to go golfing, I then understand and have a keen um, bias towards choosing golfing to give me hits of happy juice, dopamine, serotonin, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a little bit of both, right? Maybe Maybe I haven't had the opportunity in my nurture side of things to partake in a sport that my nature side of things would give me more hits of happy juice, right? I don't know. So when it comes to that decision where my wife, the world around me says, hey, you don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to worry about time loss. You don't have to worry about money loss. Um, You can choose to partake in any sporting activity that you want right now. If you want to play some soccer, magically, you got some friends around you that'll play some soccer. If you want to play some basketball, magically, you got some Uh, friends around you. If you want to go bowling, boom, bowling alley, shoes, ball, alley, pins, go ahead. Money, time, no issue. Uh, If you want to go golfing, money, time, no issue. Everything's going to be taken care of. You know, we'll plop you on a golf course. There you go. Thinking about it right now, I'd be like, yeah, give me the golf course, right? It's a nice day outside, not too hot. I do love me some golf. But why am I making that choice? Because it's not 
it's not based on an inherent belief system that I have. I don't choose to play golf because Mormons, part of our belief system is that golf is the supreme sport and God plays golf. There's a fantastic meme where God's playing basketball or Jesus Christ is playing basketball and just completely breaking the ankles of, of a guy. That's pretty funny picture if you've seen it. Um, so what's really, what is really the determining factor behind my choice? If given the, if given the choice, I would choose golf now. Okay. Let's go back to in reality. Sure. I could tell my wife right now, Hey, I'm going golfing. I could make that choice, but so many determining factors are making me process and choose not to do that. One, my wife has to leave for work in 25 minutes and my kid is taking a nap. So obviously I have to be here while he's napping and when he wakes up to take care of him. So that right there is enough. Also, golfing is expensive. Not that I am like super poor or anything. Not that I am having crazy financial issues right now. But it's just one of those things where I feel like I want to put my money towards other things. Um, Another, I'm deciding to record this podcast right now rather than go out and play golf. Golf takes a while. I would have to carve out a, a couple of hours. Do, let's say my wife didn't have to go to work, you know, do I want to be away from my wife and child for that allotted amount of time. I would much rather have it scheduled out where I'd be like, hey, you know, babe, I'm going to go play golf. We have this scheduled. We've we've planned around it. Everything's a-okay. Also, I would love to go golfing with either a friend or my dad or, heck, go golfing with my wife. You know, we've talked about how we want to go to the driving range. Um, I don't know. Maybe if I called my dad and was like, hey, meet me at this golf course. Let's go. Maybe he would do that. I don't know. He would probably like a little more heads up. Um, maybe if I called one of my friends and I was like, hey, meet me at this golf course. Maybe he would. I don't know. Maybe you'd like a little more heads up. But I am taking in all this information and those things around me. And I am actively choosing not to go golfing right now. And I am prioritizing other things above going golfing. So that choice, I feel like, is holistically my own to make. And I do value that relationship with my child and I do value um, my wife and making sure that I don't completely screw her over while she's, you know, right about to go to work and making a mess there. Like I value those more than just like, oh, I have to go golfing right now. So I believe that I am in control of that decision and I'm making that decision. Last thing I kind of want to end out, end on is a concept called um the call of the void and it might be called other things i call it the call of the void i've seen other things call it the call of the void and it's not incredibly well studied it's more just theories at this point uh or hypotheses because a theory has stuff starts out as a hypothesis and then becomes a theory later like gravity is a theory it's, it's pretty well accepted theories are actually pretty well accepted scientifically speaking, um, hypotheses are where we pose that first question, right? So there are hypotheses about this phenomenon, but the call of the void is essentially like a, a good explanation is if you are standing on the edge of a skyscraper or near the edge, not, not directly on the edge, you might have a sudden desire to jump off the building, 
not that you have a desire to commit suicide, not that you have a desire to potentially injure yourself upon impact, not that you have a desire to potentially injure somebody else if you landed on them, but just somewhere for a fleeting moment, you might have just this weird, bizarre urge to jump off the edge. And so what science is trying to figure out is like, where does that urge come from? Why does our body have these urges? Because it's it's not completely unique. Plenty of people have it. Um, and like, what what sort of like is the evolutionary reason for that response in the body? Now, one theory that I think is the most sound theory, um, I'm definitely not the one who came up to it. I wouldn't be able to source it, but okay, this, this is just kind of my theory that I've prescribed to in terms of this context is our body is trying to process and ensure that we are in control of the situation. So my body suddenly has like just this weird fleeting urge to jump off this building, even though I know that it would kill myself or it would kill me. Um, so I choose like, oh, hey, not going to do that. So my body is presenting like, okay, I have this choice, but I am in control and I choose not to jump. Like I choose to keep my feet firmly planted on the safety and security of this building. I might even walk away from the edge to further solidify that choice. And so my body's like, awesome, we're in control, way to go. You made what we believe is the right choice. Two thumbs up. A secondary theory that I, I also feel is pretty valid is not that your body wants to jump, but it recognizes that there is a danger in the potential situation and so it wants to find the quickest way to end that danger and so if you have like oh there is a danger of falling off and hitting the concrete well one way to end that danger is well if you jump that danger is not there anymore like you're already in that act if you hit the concrete that danger is not there anymore like once you've fallen off and hit the concrete you you can't fall off and hit the concrete again. I'm probably doing a poor way of explaining this theory, but it's, it's just that idea of like, oh, I recognize that this bad situation might happen. If that bad situation happens, then that bad situation's done with. Like, it's in our past. Um, I probably didn't do a good way at explaining it. There was a video I watched that kind of explained it better, and I was like, oh, and I never really thought about it that way. Um, like a bizarre a bizarre call of the void that, and it doesn't have to be like life and death stuff that happens. So a, a kind of funny one is I was grocery shopping with my wife and she had gone down an aisle to like grab something and just this weird, bizarre blip of an urge popped in my head that was like, we could just leave. Like we could just leave her here and just kind of drive away. And then just like, just go, just go away. Like, like, just be done, like, be on our own, like, just completely drive away from the world and our responsibilities. And it only lasts, like, half a second, but I was like, that'd be the, that'd be incredibly stupid. Like, obviously, I'm not going to do that. Like, one, I absolutely love my wife. Two, we're in the middle of grocery shopping. Three, if I did that, she would be very mad, and I don't want her to be very mad. And four, it's like, what would I do then? Like, okay, I drove away. Like, now what? I'm incredibly happy with my marriage. <laughs> Like, Jason, that's a stupid, stupid decision. Like, that'd be a dumb choice to make. Why would you even conceiv conceivably think about making that decision? 
So it's, it's stuff like that. Again, called the call of the void, where it's just like the void calls to you to make a super dumb decision. Another example is like you're driving and you're like, I could just swerve into oncoming traffic. And you're like, what? Why? Why would I do that? So, yeah, my my theory or the theory that I prescribe to is just your body recognizing like, hey, you can do something completely stupid, but you're smarter than that. You're okay. We have all our facilities to make the right choice. Way to go. But, you know, the choice still has to be made. Anyway, that's where I'm going to leave it. For this episode of Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast, go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate the podcast, whatever you do on your respective platform. A slightly longer episode today, uh, just because I find this topic very interesting. Um, I would love to have this kind of same conversation, but with somebody in the room uh, while we're recording that, just to get, like, different perspectives, get another thought on this. This is the type of philosophical discussion that I absolutely love because, you know, I'm a Sagittarius and... Um, let's see, where did it, where was it in this website? Uh, Sagittarius likes philosophy. Um, their open mind and philosophical view motivate them to wander around the world in search of the meaning of life. There you go. I did a whole podcast episode because I'm a Sagittarius. (laughs) And I'm predestined to find these things interesting. I don't mean to make fun of Zodiac. I actually find Zodiac to be rather interesting. Um, so thanks for listening. I will catch you next time on Tab Stock Super Useless Podcast. Peace out.